0: Hey Disney Cruise fans, it's Wes. If you'd like to support the show, please consider booking your next Disney trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Though we specialize in Disney cruises, we book all Disney destinations. We'll help you with all the planning details and make sure you don't miss out on anything important. Of course, if it is a Disney cruise, we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences, it doesn't cost you anything to work with us, and you'll pay the same as if you booked directly through Disney, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send me an email at wes w e s at com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 153 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and we're we're getting really close to that time of year when Disney Cruise Line releases uh, some new 2025 summer itineraries. So be on the lookout for those sometime over the next couple days and weeks. And speaking of which, I... I covered in the last episode why that is one thing that you should be excited about in 2024. So if you haven't listened to that show yet, go back and check that one out. This week, I'm going to continue the DCL 101 series and talk about all the things that you should think about after you've booked your cruise and leading up to your actual cruise. (laughs) Disney Cruise Line used to be one of those vacations where you could book it and then not have much else to worry about until it was time to cruise. Unlike booking a Disney World vacation where there was like this checklist of things that you have to worry about before you visit, there wasn't much that you had to worry about with a Disney cruise. That unfortunately has changed and it it now feels almost like to some extent that there is more to do prior to embarkation than there is when planning a, a Walt Disney World vacation. I'm not sure why they they made it so difficult, but if you're if you're not keeping up with all of it, it can be a bit overwhelming, but I'm here to relieve you of all of that. So up to this point with the DCL 101 series, you've done all the research about which cruise you'd like to take. You've gone through the steps to book your cruise. So what should you do next? Well the first thing you should do is really obvious and practical but you should be sure that the cruise is linked to your Disney Cruise account. If you don't already have one you can visit DisneyCruise.com and choose sign in or create account and keep in mind that you may already have a Disney account if you've ever visited Walt Disney World and set up My Disney Experience, or if you were a a Disney Plus subscriber, it's the same login credentials. Uh, Disney uses single sign-on across its platforms. So, So once you've created and or logged into your account, find My Reservations and add the reservation number from your Disney Cruise confirmation. You'll need this account to to manage your reservation in the weeks and months leading up to your cruise which we'll get into a little bit here you should also download the disney cruise navigator app if you add your reservation to your account on a computer once you log in on the app you should see your reservation there alternatively you can use the navigator app almost exclusively if you'd like i personally tend to prefer the computer, but most of the functionality that you have access to on the computer is also available on the app. And you technically won't need the app until you're on the ship, but might as well just have it ready ahead of time. While you're linking the reservation, be sure that the reservations for anyone that you are traveling with are also linked to your account. There's a a place to do that on the website and this will ensure that you're seated together at dinner and you might be able to reserve port adventures and onboard activities for each other, but I'll talk about that more here in a minute. If you booked really far in advance, once you've linked your reservation to your account, there's not much else to do for a while, but Disney Cruise Line does provide a, a fun countdown to your cruise in the app that you you may have seen shared by others on social media. It's the one that has like the tile countdown with different character faces. If you've ever seen that, that's where it comes from. it's it's in the Navigator app. If you go into the app and click on your reservation, you'll see the countdown on the the home screen along with some other basic information about your cruise. As I alluded to a little bit earlier, there's there's quite a bit of planning ahead that goes into preparing for a Disney cruise. That wasn't always the case, so if you're new to Disney Cruise Line or if you haven't cruised in a long time, I'm gonna lay it all out um, here. All the the important dates that you'll need to be aware of uh, in the weeks and months leading up to your cruise, all that stuff. This is one area where a good travel agent can make a big difference for you. Find someone who's going to send you reminders of these dates as they approach and who can answer any questions that you have about them. And if you're looking for someone, I happen to know a good one if you need a reference. (laughs) A few of these dates depend on your Castaway Club status. So while the following information is applicable to everyone, the timing of these pre-cruise tasks will vary depending on how many times you've cruised before. The first date to keep in mind, and in my opinion the most important date, is your final payment date. For cruises 5 nights or less, your final payment date will be 90 days prior to embarkation day and for cruises 6 nights or more, your final payment date will be 120 days prior to embarkation day. This date is important for a number of different reasons. First, this is the last day to cancel your cruise for a full refund, assuming you didn't book a restricted rate or uh, or a concierge uh, cabin. One of the underrated perks of booking a Disney cruise is the refundable deposits. You won't find that on almost any other major cruise line unless you pay more money for a refundable rate. And even those aren't always offered. So this is, you know, this is why you've probably heard me say that there's there's not much risk of booking a Disney cruise early. The rates are always lowest the earlier you book, so if you think you might want to cruise in the future, Make a reservation, pay the deposit, and if it ends up not working out, you can always go back and cancel before the final payment date and get your deposit and any money that you've already paid back. The next reason you should be aware of your final payment date is because your reservation <laughs> your reservation will auto cancel if you don't pay the remaining balance by that date. Unlike other vacations that may send you reminders or warnings after your final payment date has passed, your cruise reservation will cancel at midnight Eastern Time on the morning that your final payment date—excuse me—that your final payment is due. You'll be refunded the amounts that you previously paid, but you will lose your room. And if you were to rebook, you would be subject to the the prevailing rate and and the availability at the time that you try to rebook. So, just keep that in mind when your uh, when your when your final payment date is is approaching. This is also the last day that you can add Disney Cruise Line's vacation protection plan. After final payment is made, you would only be able to add vacation protection from a third party provider. There's one exception here for concierge cruisers. If you book a concierge stateroom, vacation protection has to be added and paid for at the time of booking, so just keep that in mind. I get a lot of questions about vacation protection and rightfully so it's it it can be confusing and overwhelming and all that stuff the most common question is probably is it worth it I get get that question a lot unfortunately it's not really a question that I can answer because it's such a personal decision every family's financial situation and risk tolerance is different so what may be right for one family isn't right for another where I can offer advice is on the benefits of having travel a, a, a travel insurance policy. Up until recently, my family pretty much never added vacation protection to our cruise reservations. It was, you know, it was a risk that we were willing to take and we, you know, we didn't want to spend the money for it. But that changed for us after the COVID shutdown and there are now two primary reasons that we add vacation protection to our cruises now. The biggest one for me is the uncertainty with the airline industry. I I don't know about you, but I hear all the time now about flights being canceled or delayed or even rerouted. And it causes a lot of stress and anxiety. And even with a travel insurance policy, these things would still cause me a lot of stress and anxiety, <laughs> because I want to go on my on my vacation. I, I mean, you know, even though I have an insurance policy and some peace of mind, I, I still want to go on my on my vacation. So it's still a lot of stress involved. But again, there is that peace of mind that if something bad happens, and I was to miss my cruise, at least there's a chance that, it, you know, it won't be a total loss. The other main reason that we choose to add the vacation protection is to cover any emergency evacuation costs or any medical costs that wouldn't otherwise be covered by you know, our personal health insurance. I know the chances of something like that happening are extremely remote, but if someone in my family ever needed to be airlifted or transported somewhere in an emergency in another country, I, I, I can't imagine what the cost of that would be. Most travel insurance policies cover emergency evacuation, including Disney Cruise Line's policy. So if that's, if that's something that's important to you, check how much is covered and confirm whether you think that amount is sufficient for you. Obviously, there are other things that are covered by travel insurance policies, but those are the two that are important for my family. One other thing about travel insurance, it should not be added as a backup option to cancel later if you just decide that you don't want to go. Travel insurance policies have specific reasons for canceling that are covered by the policy, which usually include things like death or serious injury of a family member, serious illness, loss of a job, etc. Like there, It's spelled out within the policy what is covered if you were to cancel. So if your reason for canceling falls outside of one of those covered reasons, you'll likely won't be entitled to reimbursement. So be sure to review the policy and see what events are covered that would entitle you to a full refund of the cost for your cruise. One benefit of Disney Cruise Line's vacation protection plan is their cancel for any reason clause. So they do have a cancel for any reason clause. While you wouldn't be entitled to a cash refund if you were to cancel your cruise for a reason not otherwise covered by the policy, they would give you up to 75% of the amount that you paid to be used toward a future Disney cruise. So at least there's some um, recourse there if you were to cancel for a reason that wasn't otherwise covered by, by the policy. The cost of Disney Cruise Line's policy is 8% of the base fare per person and can be added or declined by person. So a lot of people uh, you know will ask me what's the cost of vacation protection and I'm happy to provide that but you can also look at it yourself. If you look at your um, if you look at your Disney Cruise Line reservation confirmation, if you just look at the base fare and calculate 8% of that, that's the cost of the vacation protection per person. I know that vacation protection is complicated and there's there's really no black and white answer. So if you have questions or if you like more of my thoughts, please feel free to reach out to me. Lastly, one more thing on the final payment date. It's important because you cannot book port adventures or onboard activities until the final payment has been made. For some, depending on the length of the cruise and your Casper Club status, the booking window for onboard activities and port adventures may open before your final payment is due. So just keep that in mind um, that you would need to, to make the final payment before you can book anything, even if the payment is not due until a later date. Speaking of onboard activities and port adventures, That is a window that also opens based on your Castaway Club status. So for concierge guests, the booking window opens 130 days prior to the start of your cruise. For Pearl Castaway Club members, it opens 123 days prior to your cruise. For Platinum Castaway Club members, it's 120 days prior to your cruise. For Gold members, it's 105 days. For Silver members, it's 90 days. And for first-time cruisers, it's 75 days and the booking windows open at midnight eastern time on the morning of those dates so after 11:59 p.m. eastern time the evening before that i know causes a lot of confusion i see it in the facebook groups quite a bit so that's that's how you figure out the the official booking window open time you can make your reservations for onboard activities and port adventures within your Disney Cruise account, either on a computer or through the mobile app. Again, I prefer using the computer, but that functionality is also available in the Navigator app. The vast majority of activities available during a Disney Cruise do not require reservations in advance. You can check your Navigator app on a daily basis for a list and location of all the activities available throughout a given day, but obviously that's not available until you're on the ship. So, some things that you might consider reserving in advance include, and keep in mind these may be ship specific, but some things are adult exclusive dining. So, think Paolo, Remy, Enchante, uh, spa appointments, beverage tastings, sports simulators, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Pirates League, Royal Court, Royalty, Olaf's Picnic, things like that. I don't I don't believe that list is all inclusive, but those are the types of things that you should look out for and and you can also see a list of everything that's offered once your booking window has opened by clicking on Onboard Fun and then the day that you want to book something and then you'll see all the activities that you can sign up for there. A question I get pretty often as it relates to this booking window is, can I make reservations for other members of my travel party if our reservations are linked together? The answer is, it depends. So while linking your reservations together will ensure that you're seated together in the main dining restaurants, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be able to make reservations for onboard activities and port adventures at the same time. Since this window opens based on your Castaway Club status, the the booking windows open um, based on the highest Castaway Club status by reservation. So only reservations who have a Castaway Club member at the applicable status level can make reservations on the date that a booking window opens. So if one reservation has a platinum member in it and the highest status in a linked reservation is gold, These parties would need to wait until the gold Castaway Club window opens for everyone to be able to book things together. But if reservations are linked together and the booking window is open for both parties based on Castaway Club status, you would be able to make reservations for the other party directly through your Disney Cruise account online or in the Navigator app. (laughs) I really hope all of that made sense. it was a lot harder to put into words than I thought it was going to be. So again, if you have questions about that, please, please feel free to reach out to me. Not a hard deadline and totally optional, but one more thing to think about as part of the planning process is pre ordering a Disney band plus. Yes, you can use a magic band plus that you have previously purchased for Walt Disney world or Disneyland. But if you want to pre-order a Disney band plus with a Disney cruise design, you can do that beginning 40 days prior to your cruise up until 11 days prior to your cruise. And they'll mail them to you. If you'd like to order a band, you can log into your Disney cruise account on a computer. It's not currently available via mobile app. So this is something you would have to do on a computer. Um, Hover over, hover your mouse over already booked, in the upper right hand side of the menu ribbon and then scroll down to Disney Band Plus and More. From there, you should be able to proceed with ordering a Disney Band for your cruise. If you already have a Magic Band Plus that you'd like to use, just be sure that it's active and linked to your account. And if you follow those same steps that I just mentioned, if the band is linked to your account, it'll show up on that Disney Band Plus and More page near the bottom. If you don't see it there, you can follow the steps to link the band. Keep in mind that even if the band is linked to your account, you'll still need to register it to the ship when you arrive at the terminal each time you cruise. Just let the cast member know when you're know, like when you checking in and they're verifying your, your, your check-in documents that you have a Disney band or a Magic band to register, and they should be able to take care of that for you. And if you don't register the bands, they won't work on board until you do. Personally, my family really liked using the bands. We're big fans of the bands at the theme parks and with, you know, they have similar benefits on board and I, I just think they add a level of convenience. I don't like to carry my key to the world around the ship and I've I've never been a big fan of the lanyard. So I, just having my room key and, you know, charging capabilities on my wrist was, was huge for me. Plus, I never have to worry about leaving my key somewhere or moving it in and out of my pockets when I change clothes. It's just it's just always there on my wrist. And I, I I I just think it's a lot more convenient. But like I said at the very beginning, it's totally optional and and not for everyone, but but we had a we had a great experience with it. Moving on down the list, the online check-in is the next important date to look out for. This is another one that's based on your Castaway Club status. So if you're a Pearl or concierge, you can check in beginning 40 days prior to embarkation. If you're platinum, 38 days prior to embarkation. If you're gold, 35 days prior to embarkation. Silver, 33 days prior to embarkation. And if you're a first time cruiser, 30 days prior to embarkation. Like with the onboard activities and port adventure window I discussed earlier, the window opens at midnight Eastern time on the morning that your window opens. The biggest benefit to checking in at midnight is to get the best possible port arrival time. If that's less of a priority for you, feel free to to wait and check in at your leisure, but definitely do it at least a couple days before your cruise departs. If you're Pearl or concierge, you don't need to select a port arrival time. So there's really no benefit for you to check in at midnight. So my advice is just enjoy your rest while the rest of us have to duke it out with Disney IT in the wee hours of of the morning, which is always so much fun. Online check-in is done within your Disney Cruise account, either on a computer or in the app. I, again, tend to prefer the computer for all pre-cruise planning and usually only use the app to check on any updated availability of a Port Adventure after my window has already opened. In the days leading up to your online check-in, I recommend that you have the things ready that you need ahead of time. Specifically, you'll need photos of your passport or other forms of identification. Typically, when you upload a photo, the system kind of auto-fills most, if not all, the information from your identification documents from the picture that you upload. If the system doesn't load all the information, you can then manually type it in. But I, I like to just have the, you know, load the picture and have it auto auto-populate. You'll also need headshots for each member of your travel party. The website can be A little finicky about these photos, so be sure that you take them in front of a plain background and only include from the tops of your shoulders and up. And then be sure that live photos, if your phone does that, are turned off. You'll also need your flight information and pre- and post-cruise transportation plans. If your plans don't match up with one of the available options on the website, you can just choose the one that says something like, I have private arrangements or something like that. I don't I don't remember the specific terminology, but that's what you can choose. And then lastly, you'll need to enter credit card information for your onboard account. As part of this process, you can also register your children for the kids clubs, you know, indicate who's allowed to pick pick them up and, you know, grant charging privileges. Once you've completed the online check-in, you'll need to sign the cruise contract, and then you'll receive a, a QR code that will be used to check-in once you arrive at the port. You can add that QR code to your mobile wallet, or obviously you can print it out and, and bring, the, bring the paper with you. And then finally, when you complete your check-in, you'll probably notice that your check-in status is listed as PENDING. As I discussed in my 10 things not to worry about episode, do not be concerned about the status of your check-in. It may say pending all the way up until your day of departure. Don't panic. It's not a big deal. Anything that hasn't been finalized can be resolved at the port. It's, it's not a big deal if your status remains pending. The only thing that you must, 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 I can't stress that enough, have with you is your travel documents. If you don't have those with you, you'll have a really hard time getting on the ship, so be sure you have those. The last important date to keep in mind is what I call the Royal Gathering Date. This this date is not based on your Castaway Club status and is the same for every cruiser. If you would like to make a reservation for the Royal Gathering and any other character meet and greet experiences, you can do this beginning 30 days prior to your cruise at that same midnight Eastern time. So, if you're doing a Marvel Day at Sea or a Picture Day Day at Sea, uh, picture a Pixar Day at Sea, and you want to sign up for those 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 special meet and greets, this is the date that you have to have on your radar. I have no idea. Why they can't also make this based on your Castaway Club status, or even allow you to book these things as part of your onboard activities booking window? But that's the way it is, you know. It, it what's also frustrating is it, when you do your online check-in based on your Castaway Club status at you know thirty-eight or thirty-five or thirty-three days, whatever it is. A couple days later, at the thirty-day mark, you need to log back in at midnight um, to do, you know, to do these character signups, which is, which is a bit frustrating. Like, uh, like other onboard uh, activities, you'll find these experiences under Onboard Fun within your Disney Cruise account. So just to quickly recap, the important dates to keep in mind before your cruise are, one, your final payment date, two, your booking window for onboard activities and port adventures, three, your Disney Band Plus pre-order window, four, your online check-in date, and five, your Royal Gathering sign-up date. And if, if that seems like a lot, that's because it is. It, it wasn't always like this, and, and sometimes I, I wish they'd just go back to go back to the simpler days. Beyond the dates, there are a few more things you should think about as you prepare for your Disney cruise. One is joining your cruise's Facebook page. If you search the sail date and ship on Facebook, assuming a group has been created, you should be able to find it pretty easily. A lot of people will join these groups to get to know each other, but you know, d- excuse me, to get to know other people on the cruise, coordinate meetups, and and share information. Just be cautious though cuz i i i found that a lot of incorrect information gets shared in these groups so just just be sure you're confirming things with your travel agent that that maybe don't sound right or if you have questions about something that was you know that's being said on, on one of the groups another primary reason that people join facebook groups is to sign up for fish extender exchanges And for those who don't know what that is, I'll give you a quick summary. When you join a fish extender group, you are signing up to gift things to other families and then to also receive gifts in return. There's usually all kinds of fish extender groups that you can sign up for. Gifts, magnets, recipes, ornaments. I've even seen beer exchanges for adults. Um, some of the groups get really creative so you know it, it can be a lot of fun the reason they're called fish extenders is because people bring their own customized how do you just pockets that they hang from the male ornaments outside of the stateroom so that's where that's how the the fish extenders get their names i'll let you in on a little pro tip that my wife and i recently came up with My kids love participating in the fish extenders. It's like their favorite thing in the world to come back to the room and and check the pockets to see if, if they were given anything. The problem that we found on almost all of our cruises is that we get a lot of junk and we don't want to bring it home. So instead, we bring our own things with us and gift them to our kids when they aren't looking. And they don't notice a difference and we only come home with things that we actually like. And we don't have to fill our luggage with things for other people's. <laughs> I'm not sure how well that tip is going to be received, but I figured I'd share it in case it works for, works for someone else. Another thing you should be thinking about is your pre and post cruise transportation arrangements. Will you be flying in a day or two early, which I always recommend doing where will you be staying? How will you be getting to the port and then to wherever you're going after the cruise? Did you know that Disney Cruise Line partners with certain hotels at each of its home ports? You can book a pre-departure stay at one of these resorts and Disney Cruise Line will provide transportation to the port from these hotels for a charge, of course. Uh, only a certain number of rooms are blocked off, so they are available only on a first-come, first-served basis. And in many cases, the rate that Disney Cruise Line is, offers is actually less than what you might find booking directly through the consumer site. So definitely keep that in mind. Of course, you can also add Disney's ground transfers from the airport to the port and back to the airport after the cruise. Or if you're cruising from Port Canaveral, Disney Cruise Line offers transfers from and to the Walt Disney World Resorts before and after your cruise. The cost of Disney Cruise Line's ground transfers uh, varies depending on which port you're cruising from and where the transfers are picking you up. When compared with a rideshare service like Uber or Lyft, the cost of a Disney Cruise transfer might seem a bit expensive but they are somewhat comparable and in many cases less expensive than private uh, excuse me to private ground transportation so you have a number of different options to consider ground transfers through disney cruise line can be added anytime up to three days prior to your cruise and are refundable until seven days prior to your cruise so just keep that in mind if you are changing plans close to your cruise they're non-refundable after seven days before your cruise If you are taking Disney Cruise ground transfers, you're not required to select a port arrival time, so keep that in mind if you get a late port arrival time as part of your online check-in. The last two things I wanted to mention for this episode are prepaid gratuities and dining. First, prepaid gratuities. A lot of people like to pay those before they cruise. So that's, you know, just so that's one less cost you have to worry about on your, on your final bill. The current suggested gratuity is $14.50 per person, per night, and covers gratuities for your stateroom host, your head server, your main server, and your assistant server. If you elect not to prepay the gratuities, they'll just be charged to your stateroom, you know, the way anything else that you purchase on board would be. Personally, we like to bring some extra cash to give for exceptional service, but purely a personal preference preference. And you know, tipping is very personal. So what works for one family might not work for another. As for your dining time in the main dining restaurants, this is more of a consideration for when you're booking your cruise. But if you are on the wait list for main dining, which is the one that starts at 5.45, don't panic about coming off the wait list before your cruise. Most of the time I see families come off the waitlist before the cruise starts, but if you don't, you can get it switched once you are on board. Once you're connected to the ship's Wi-Fi, either on board or in the cruise terminal, you can see in the Navigator app where to go to make changes to your dining plans, which which includes adult dining reservations as well. Normally it's located either outside one of the main dining restaurants or in one of the lounges, but the app will tell you when and where to go. So look for that Worst case scenario, you can go to one of the main dining restaurants and ask to see one of the uh, dining managers and they can help you, but I would recommend doing it, you know, by way of their preferred protocol first. So that wraps up a complete list of everything that I can come up with for things to think about after you've booked your cruise and before you sail. As I mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot that goes into the pre-departure planning that, um, a lot more than there used to be but hopefully this can help you be a little more prepared and as always if I missed something or if there's some context that you think would be helpful for me to add please let me know once again be on the lookout for those summer 2025 itineraries very soon and if you'd like to be on my list for a quote once the schedules are released please reach out to me thanks so much for tuning into this episode and I'll talk to you again next time as a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Instagram or Twitter at the DCL Dude, or by liking the show on Facebook at facebook.com/dcldudepodcast. You can also check out my blog at thedcldude.com. Please feel free to reach out with questions or ideas for future show topics, and I'd be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Beyond that, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know.